there. And tonight we are reviewing the first post-Endgame MCU film, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yep. This is the second Spider-Man film in the MCU, uh, not counting all the other Spider-Man films of the 2000s, of the 21st century. So uh, I actually had never seen the first Spider-Man MCU film, that Spider-Man Homecoming. I saw that right before this uh, and if you had listened to our MCU talk, we talked a little bit about how we felt about all the prior MCU movies going into this one. Um, I'd never seen that one. I really liked Homecoming a lot, actually. It would be in my top half of MCU movies if I had to, yeah, it's a good had to rate them out. Yeah. Yeah. You, you feel the same? Yeah, I do. I liked it a lot. I, I also just watched um, Into the Spider-Verse for the first time, too. So I'm kind of Oh, like... what'd you think of that? Not to go on too much of a tangent, but what'd oh, you think I thought of that? That was really... It was great. I for what for what it was, I was like, yeah, I want I want to see more of that. I liked it a lot. Really different, right? Yeah, uh, it was totally like watching a live action comic book. I mean, it was really it was fun, and it was it was so uh, so energized, so youthful, and the storyline, while it's all familiar, is all very you know fresh. So I really really liked it. Yeah, I'm hoping for more movies like that. I really like that one. Yeah. I have to go see that again. I've only seen it the one time. But yeah, so back to back to the MCU. Back to this uh, Spider-Man. Formal. Yeah. Uh, so Spider-Man Far From Home, I'll read a brief synopsis for you guys, which is pretty much spoiler-free. We are going to spoil it in a bit, but we're going to talk a little bit before we do. Our friendly neighborhood superhero decides to join his best friends Ned, MJ, and the rest of the gang on a European vacation. However, Peter's plan to leave super heroics behind for a few weeks are quickly scrapped when he begrudgingly agrees to help Nick Fury uncover the mystery of several elemental creature attacks creating havoc across the continent. I think right. you could probably sum that up from the trailers if, you, if you've seen them. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a good portion of this. Uh, so, yeah, we've got Tom Holland in here. Samuel L. Jackson's back. Zendaya, again, is MJ. Uh, Kobe Smulders, John Favreau, J.B. Smoove. Uh, Jacob Batalon, Martin Starr, Marissa Tomei, and Jake Gyllenhaal is the yeah. newcomer as far as being a superhero goes. He is uh, Quentin Beck, also known as Mysterio. Um, so, uh, before we get into this, a lot of implications going forward for the MCU are talked about in this movie, revealed in end credit scenes. Um, there's a lot of wonkiness as far as like the internal logic of the MCU that goes on here. So, if you haven't seen... Spider-Man Far From Home yet, I would definitely pause it here, go watch it, and come back if you're interested in, you know, the cohesiveness of the universe. Um, so, yeah, we, we rate things here at Films with the Women in My Life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie. Um, so, well, I'm okay. I want to start with you to talk a little bit about how they explain some of the Bigger questions we had. Yeah. They <laughs> the call blip. it the blip here. We everyone in our you know, in our real world calls it the snap. In right. their world they review it's called the blip with a clever little um school news like tribute to all the fallen avengers and it's like really blurry and cheap looking and it's i, I like this introduction they, they're from the original spider-man homecoming um okay okay but it's done to whitney houston's i will always love you and I was just crying. I cried at the beginning of the movie. That's the only time I cried in the movie, by the way. But you I cried was, at that? Oh no, I cried at one part later. Um, I'm sure you, you did. I'm sure you did. Um, no, I cried. Yeah, because I was like, what? okay, what are they? How dare they? I, it's not been very long. It's only been a couple of months, and I'm not over it yet. So how dare they? And then to list, you know, they go in this in this uh, montage. It's it's really cute because you can tell it's made by high schoolers, but because um, there's like images that say Getty images on them, it's really kind of cute. Um, yeah, you could tell right away it's it's purposely low budget school news yeah. looking kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but to list um, Cap in one of the in the t tribute to the fallen heroes, I was just like, wait a minute, I have I have a beef with that because Cap's not dead, and well, does everyone know that? I think this implies that because he had went off and. Because I'm assuming everyone who's listening to this at this point has seen Endgame. He goes off and comes back as old Cap. Right. And I'm assuming that it was probably conveyed to the world that Cap died, I think. Well, I don't like that. I don't like that they did that. So I don't want... I mean, that's... <laughs> Why did you, you... You want old Steve to get bothered by news and media <laughs> while he's trying to just quietly live his life? Like, he got sent off. And I think they were probably trying to help him be sent off. I don't like that that's how they told us that they did this. I don't like... I know it was completely calculated uh but 
I'm kind of mad at Kevin Feige for doing this. So, well, we don't know for a fact that everyone thinks he's dead. It's it's pretty well assumed that that's how that how this is being treated, but we don't know right. for we don't know exactly. But yeah, we don't we don't know. And I think I think the blip is interesting because I mean I, the snap was always has this really you know bad connotation to it because it was how it was half the universe died with the snap and now if you have this thing called the blip the blip seems more like the time frame that went missing between the two snaps so or the three snaps i guess um so i think that that i think calling it the blip i mean that kind of gives it it kind of sounds a little it's almost cute um but i do like how they explain that the same things that we were talking about at the end of Endgame is, uh, is your little brother now going to be older than you? The answer is yes. Yep. Um, I thought about that immediately. I'm like, oh, weird. They even to the thing in the, to the broadcast is like, I'm still not used to how my younger brother's older than me now. And right. Then, <laughs> right. And, and are you, you know, are there implications between relationships? Absolutely. The teacher in Spider-Man uh, can't stop, you know, talking about how his, his wife, she faked being blipped. <laughs> That was a good so, little bit, yeah. Yeah, she faked being blipped so she could have another relationship. There's also uh, the terrible. early fundraiser that talks about the displacement of people from the blip because right. people, you know, moved into new houses and exactly. stuff during the blip. And they come back and there's a family in the living room who right. owns that. So, yeah, a lot of... It's not really <laughs> dug into. It's more of, like, just kind of introduced in this first 20 minutes. That's clearly right. not what this movie's going to be about. I think they're going to no, need... No, but it kind of gives you that... Yeah, yeah, some more time to hash that out, but yeah, yeah, those are. Were there any other little bits in there? It no, definitely, but it addresses it. I wasn't sure how it was. I knew it was going to have to because uh, once Endgame came out, they changed the trailer for this Spider-Man movie to include uh, Spider-Man's character lamenting, you know, the the passing of Tony Stark and Iron Man. Um, so I knew that they were going to have to do something to address it because you can't. It's the MCU. You can't just leave it hanging out there and just start this movie, you know. So um, I'm still not clear on how all the friends, except for the one kid, he was the only one that that got snapped. So it's just their friend group, really. I mean, yeah, their their friend group is is it any more? So it's you know it's MJ. It's uh, I always forget the Asian guy's name. Um, Jacob. Is it Jacob? I don't think it's Jacob. I don't think it is either. Joshua. It's a J name. Is it? Javier. I don't know. Hold on. No, Ned. <laughs> no. Oh, God. Not even close. Not even close. All right. Well, that's bad. Anyway, yeah. Ned, MJ, and then um, uh, they, they nickname him Flash, that uh, one, that other kid, the Italian kid. Is it really anyone else other than them three, though, who kind of carry over movie to movie? I feel like it's just the Yeah, I guess not. I guess it's not, but it just seems like there's, yeah, there's a lot of continuity there that... Yeah, and then there's the new kid who's part of their group who who kind of has a crush on MJ too, as Peter does. Um, and he was five years younger before the blip, so he right. he's now yeah like in there. Everyone's just kind of adjusting to it. It's weird. And uh, as I mentioned, yeah. there's a fundraiser for the yeah displaced people from the the the, the blip. Aunt May, uh, Aunt May is putting it on, um, and Spider-Man comes there, has like a little awkward thing like, "Ooh, I'm Spider-Man. Thanks for coming out, guys." Yeah, super kinda... <laughs> awkward. So he's still, yeah. yeah, he's still Peter, like he's still awkward Peter, um, and uh, he's confronted by Happy Hogan in the back. Always good to see Favreau come back. Love him. Uh, <laughs> and he is like Nick Fury's trying to contact you, and he's like, right. nope, going on a school trip. I don't want to do the superhero stuff right now. I'm, I'm, I need a vacation from it. Yeah, it sounds like he's like, I totally need a break. But Fury's trying to get in touch with him. So yeah, and according to Happy Hogan, you do not ghost Nick Fury. And right. He, a, that's a right. big that's a, made a big point in this but he goes on the trip anyway uh we get some good comedic bits on the plane where uh he's trying to get uh closer to mj and uh the asian not the asian well yeah the asian best friend ned is ned. uh trying to uh get them closer but instead the other kid is getting closer his i gotta find out his name the the younger brad his name is brad that much i remember because it's like really brad really oh okay all right that makes sense all right yeah. so anyway yeah uh so that's his like uh, his school nemesis here in the beginning, and after they you know get land in uh, what is it Venice? Is Venice where yep. they land? Yep, yep. Um, Venice first. A water elemental uh, attacks the city. We saw in a pr- beginning of the movie that there was an earth elemental 
that was attacking a city in Mexico. And so elementals, according to the comics, I don't know a lot about them, but they are like these, a lot of people theorize that they would be the next big Thanos villain in the MCU. And this movie kind of does not, uh, this movie has a lot of like, Oh, you thought this was your theory. Oh, this is not the theory. Like it's a lot of wool being pulled over your eyes. A lot of stuff. The last Jedi kind of tried to do, but I would say this does, a little bit better, uh, and I'm a Star Wars fan saying that. Um, but yeah, the, so the water elemental's attacking, and then this is where we get introduced. Well, we got introduced to him briefly in the beginning, but this is where Mysterio comes in right. and runs into Spider-Man for the first time, and he's well, got. And if you if you saw the if you saw the end of if you saw the re-release of Endgame, the first scene of the movie where they're in the desert and they meet the Dust Bowl got element guy and we meet mysterio that's actually the the bonus scene that they show um oh i was gonna ask you is that beat for beat literally the exact same scene it is it's the same it's the same it's the same thing and so that's the first thing we see so now we've seen the dust one and apparently mysterio took care of that so now he's back trying to fight all by himself against uh the water monster yeah because venice uh surrounded by water so the water element monster and they need somebody they need one they need an avenger to help out but none of the other avengers are available right and we don't know why we just get a lot of unavailable off-world kind of comments uh a weird comment from nick fury uh about captain marvel captain marvel which is my first indication that something's up with nick fury too uh, yes. but we, you know, we kind of get slowly bits and pieces fed that. Uh, anyway, after the elemental attacks, they all go, uh, Nick Fury b- 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 breaks into the uh, the hostel that they're staying at, tranquilizes Ned, who is oh Ned's <laughs> dating this girl uh, that he met on the plane, who thinks he was nerdy yeah. at first, and then right. I, I don't but know if that, dating. I don't know if that humor worked for you. It did for me. I, I like I like Ned and and. and I can't remember her name. There's a lot of there's a lot of high school characters in this that I just don't remember their names. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's but, but I like I like their little their little beats yeah. there. Uh, but yeah. so Nick Fury takes is basically forces uh, Peter's hand to come back to the um, their headquarters in I guess I guess their Italy headquarters. Um, right. And you got Maria Hill there. You got uh, this big enforcer guy there um and then you got a couple random people in the back and quentin beck who is this is where we get formally introduced to jake joe hall's character he claims he is from another dimension that the snap caused an interdimensional uh like offshoot kind of the thing that uh right. um the, the the master or the wise one or whatever her name is uh the ancient the one. ancient one yeah whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, Tilda Swinton's character what she warned of in the end in Endgame yes. is kind of being talked about here and right. uh, he comes from a different Earth I mean he's from Earth but he's just not from this particular six one six which is six one six is the, the the main the primary Earth which in the comics apparently is like the primary timeline where the majority of MCU right. comics take place and everything that's outside of that is like Spider Verse kind of thing would be a different timeline. Right. Um, so yeah, he's from an alternate reality worth Earth, uh, where the elementals, the four elementals, destroyed his Earth. Uh, so he has come to this Earth to try to save it because he lost his wife and kids. So that's his. Yeah, little... it's it's a lot of melodrama at that point. I thought I was like, wow, this seems very. Only because I know I don't know very much about the comics, but I know that if you have two names, if your name is. Uh, Quentin Beck and your Mysterio. You're either a really good guy or you're a really bad guy. So I had never heard of him in the good guy realm. So I'm assuming that he was a bad guy. <laughs> I mean, this is the big yeah. That's this is the big plot dump here. Um, and basically, the whole thing is they have to. What we think is the plot is uh, they have to work together, Quentin and Peter, to stop the fourth and final and most powerful elemental, the fire elemental, which they somehow know is going to come up in Prague in a few days. Um, so that's kind of how we start the plot and then it's going to kind of turn into a different plot. Um, but you know, without talking too much about that, um, what do you think of the plot of this movie, Mama K, if you had to rate it? I think it's a four. Sometimes it's a little bit much. It's a little bit twee. I don't know. For me, there was a lot of, um, I don't know, unnecessary, like, like the fact that his story was so melodramatic to me was, uh. It was a tip of the hat that something is going to happen with this dude that, you know, isn't straightforward. Did you buy um, in this air? Like, did you buy 
any of because at this point, once we're in the underground bunker, when they're talking about everything, this is yeah. kind of confirms to me. All right, Mysterio is going to be some sort of bad guy. I don't know what he's going to do or why he's going to do it or what his deal is, but I feel like right. he's not a good guy and something's up. Um, yeah, something's up, and I don't understand why. I guess at that point, I was like, how is why is Nick Fury uh, buying into this? You know what I mean? He's not. I don't know. He, he sometimes he gets used weirdly, and so I'm thinking this is this is not good. And I always trust I trust Maria Hill. You know, so like, okay, I'm not quite sure what to think of this. I had a hunch um, about. I'm sorry, I, I don't know. I had a hunch about her that was actually off a little bit later. But you, I mean, yeah, please continue. I, I found her. I found her off the whole time, honestly, because first of all, her makeup was off, and I and I don't know why. I mean, I know why, but you know, she usually wears a little bit more makeup. But they had her. Her she was super plain, and I was like, are they trying to make her look older or? Uh, is she just drawn from everything that's happened over, you know, the time frame of the blip or, you know, or what's going, is she, you know, exhausted for being, from being snapped for five years? I'm not really sure. Um, so I felt like she was off and I felt like, you know, Nick Fury trusting this new guy coming out of nowhere, that just doesn't seem smart to me. So we haven't talked about it yet, but what do you think of the artificial intelligence edith because that's really a big plot point that comes in yeah I mean, it's so kinda... peter gets these glasses from tony that are that have the newest ai in it that's called edith um and it stands for even dead i'm i'm the hero <laughs> i'm the hero yeah and that's, what, that's what tony says even dead i'm the hero and he basically um you know gives them gives them to peter saying entrust them to him saying that you know basically you're the future in in my in my absence and the plot point that i really really don't like is what's coming up next in the movie after we find out that mysterio is a bad guy and it has to do with edith and the people who are behind you know edith and and that's the plot point i really oh don't like in this i would movie. like you to well we're gonna get to that in a second and i would like you to defend yeah. it because i that is the part i like the most actually is the the, really? vil, the villain motivation and how it's all put together um, I like this. I like, so, I mean, we haven't talked about the characters yet as far as rating them, but I like Mysterio a lot. And for the plot, I'm giving it a four as well, but I guess for different reasons. Uh, some of the high school melodrama is, it's it's kind of hit or miss in the beginning there, but I'm just kind of being strung along. Like after we get our big info dump at the beginning where we learn about stuff post-snap, everything from that until, um, I guess the water elemental attacks, that's a good 20 minutes of, eh, we're just kind of going along doing stuff. I kind of want to just kind of get to it already. Yeah, uh, but you can't because, I mean, you're living Peter's life now and Peter is still, you know, he's still whatever, a 16, 17 year old student. So I think it's okay. I, I don't mind that at all. I don't mind that pushing it along because it gets to be so big. Everything gets to be so big later on in the movie that I really appreciate sort of that slow uh introduction I, I i appreciate that if the whole movie was like the last half of the movie i would not i would have probably fallen asleep uh, I, I was didn't, so and much I didn't. more on board for not you one didn't. time oh okay no, not one time. i was yeah, much I more on board for the second half of the movie the type of movie <laughs> we're getting because it, it gets sci-fi and i like it i like it when it's not so the mcu gets a little boring for me when it's just kind of conventional like i understand the character D uh, development is a is a big part of it but at this point they're yes. you know they're pretty developed i think we can kind of it's not an origin story we can kind of breeze through some of it and that's kind of why a lot of times I don't like origin stories either is because they're too much oh there's a character and i love origin stories that's the that's 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 my beat so no, i i want to see i like what because what i like about the later ones is that they're already established we don't have to waste time and that we already know where they're coming from so when they do their little <laughs> punches of funny and their little punches of oh i remember that from before and it's nostalgic or oh this makes sense for the character's growth i like that because we don't have to establish it for a half an hour we can just get into it and then and then we yeah. can make the plot this wild crazy never done before kind of thing and i think this is a pretty unique way to do the plot afterwards um you know it's 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 a general revenge tale for Mysterio, but it's done differently than I've ever seen in right. even the other 20 whatever MCU movies. Um, right. So let's talk. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a four for both of us, but I guess for different reasons. But let's right. talk. For actually opposite reasons. Pretty much opposite. It sounds like we like <laughs> the opposite parts of this movie. Yeah. Although, and when we get to the characters, I would love to talk about some more of not just the the big characters, but some of the high school characters as well. The so, uh, Beck's turn. So after yeah. uh, Beck and Parker work together to defeat the fire elemental, um, 
and he does this super corny line where he's like, "This, I sh- what I should have done in the first place. This is for my family, or whatever he says." And he just, right, right. And he slams he into the sacrifices himself, but somehow survives. And I'm like, "Already but great." This survives. is the part right here. Yeah. I'm like, "All right, well, we're halfway through the movie, and that was dumb. And so, what are we gonna? <laughs> so, what, what's actually going on here?" Well, yeah, and and I was with your dad, and he called it. He's like, "Something just happened. Either he just turned, or now we're seeing like the real." the real guy and i'm like and i thought he was just taken over honestly i thought he had been taken over because he goes and he 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 bombs himself into the fire element which is huge this gigantic thing that just gets power from anything metal and um he just yeah it's for for my family blah goes into him and then he's there and it and it's it's a throwback instead of saying you know mr stark mr stark he says um what's his last name mr beck quentin yeah, Mr. Beck, Mr. Beck, uh, uh, Peter does. And he's alive and everything seems fine. And you're like, okay. So I thought the same thing that he had been, that he had been enveloped by the fire, you know, the fire element. Now the fire element was going to live through him somehow. But oh, that's that what is you not thought the was going. I didn't think it was going to yeah. happen because basically the elementals seemed like mindless goons. Like they, they didn't do, like all they wanted was destroy. They kind of remind me of, uh, of the bad guy, of uh, the bad guy at Ragnarok, <laughs> the one who's like, "I must be as big as the sky," or whatever he says. Yeah. That's kind of what they yeah. remind me of. It's like, Rawr! like you know, just kind of dumb. Yeah, but I didn't have any other explanation in my head for why he survived that. You know what I mean? There was nothing else. No, nothing else made sense. No, I didn't really know what point. it was going to be either. But I figured it was. I figured it was going to be him doing some sort of science or magic trickery and it's kind of a combination of those things uh when they go to a pub afterwards to kind of i guess celebrate their win um peter gives uh quentin his uh his edith glasses the one that stark made uh because he's like makes no sense to me well he's like i think you know because he interprets stark's like wishes wrong of like i i you know, I want to give this to the next leader, the next Avenger leader or whatever. And he's like, there's right. no one better to lead than you. Cause he was able to defeat the elemental so easily. And, you know, Quentin's been such a nice guy to him this whole time and like worked really well. And Nick Fury trusts him. You know, we don't exactly understand that yet, but that, you know, right. I, I, I give, I, and Peter, he's again, he's also a high school kid, but I give him a pass he for, is. for this, thi- this, that made sense to me that he would do this. Yeah, no, not not to me at all. If he's given something, I mean, Tony Stark is his idol, and he's going to pass it along to some dude he's known for a very short period of time. Well, he lets Beck put uh, on the glasses, and it looks kind of like Tony for a second there, and he's like, oh. he does look, yeah. And I think that's, I mean, maybe that's part of the charm of it is all, or maybe it's maybe it's also part of Peter Parker just not being ready to, you know, be a full on Avenger kind of thing, and which that part that I get, um, I just don't know that I see him. Uh, giving up the responsibility that was given to him by Tony Stark, uh, you know, with these, with these glasses, with the Edith. I think he thought that maybe he was supposed to be like the person to find the next person. Like, I'm not going to be the one, but you can do it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he said. I didn't buy it though. I just don't buy it as well. Well, Peter's wrong. Either way, Peter's Peter's wrong. wrong. Uh, Beck is bad guy. Beck is revealed to be a former uh, Stark employee who uh, was actually worked on the barf uh, thing? He was the inventor of barf. He was the inventor yeah, of barf, like... and he's mad that he called him that. That he called his his invention that, and took all the credit for it, and made a mockery of him. Uh, we see flashbacks of him on the sidelines as Tony is giving his little expose about it, and we we learn that all a bunch of the bar patrons are also former Stark employees. Uh, we get um. Uh, yeah one. this is the part i don't really like i don't i don't like this as so a... why don't you like why i guess because i love this i love them bringing back all these random very small people i just feel like there's been so much time between civil especially with the blip there's been so much time between civil war and now that this is i mean i guess this is an opportune time to do it when people are sort of off their game because of what's happened you know in the universe um but it just seems like okay they're mad at tony stark and but he's dead now so now they want to you know follow this other guy um who's kind of charismatic but not really he just seems kind of dopey and really you don't you don't like him you don't think he's got a magnetism i think as it? mysterio he's charismatic as his character he comes off as a i mean it's hard to say this but a super smug Tony Stark and Tony Stark is already the definition of smugness. So I just don't. Yeah, I'm 
it's too close for me. It's too, it's, it's, it's like they're trying to make the, the parallel between him and Tony, uh, too close. And now all of a sudden there's, you know, they're, they're tarnishing Tony a little bit with this whole, this guy made barf and all of these other people did all of these great things. I do like the fact that they're throwback to actual people from different, like Iron Man one. That's what I love. Yeah. One of the guys worked with Obadiah Stane. (laughs) Who even remembers that? I, I like that. I like the fact that those are the people that they're using, but I don't like the way they're using them i don't like the fact that there are these people that have been in the stark organization this long uh and tony made such a change you know de-weaponizing stark industries sort of that that there's this little group of you know i don't know ne'er-do-wells or people that are just pissed off and and want their own want their own fame and glory i just feel like it's sour grapes sort of and i don't i don't well, I, I feel like it's like a reli- no, like a religion, you know, like, like Stark was like a religion, like, and and this is the offshoot, like this is the 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 rejected but still talented pieces, and they follow. I guess we just never got we just never got a flavor that these people existed before. So I always assumed think. Stark had. I mean, we've had ne- Stark nemeses that were you know former people who had to deal with Stark. You look at like Iron Man two and like his uh, business rival and. And uh, right. an Ultron, I know it's a totally different kind of thing, but there have been people who have been touched by Stark negatively. You even look at, um, like you look at like the Stark satellites, and uh, Thanos had a beef with Stark. Stark weaponry. Well, I'm talking about within his own organization, though. I mean, somebody who is who basically in this movie winds up being, you know, the cape fluffer. Really, you're gonna have you're gonna bring somebody along who is, you know, a cake cape fluffer who just basically is going to iron the the suit. You know, well, yeah, he's. I so mean, he's when... got a ridiculous. I mean, that's, and I guess that's part of them trying to push the Tony Stark thing pretty hard. Is he's supposed to be like a, an earlier Stark, a a, a a pre-Iron Man one Stark kind of thing? Yeah, Stark if he were if he stayed douche like extra douchey, I guess. I don't yeah, know. but that's. Yeah, that's that's over ten years ago, though. I mean, it, these, you know, I don't, I don't like, I don't like my, I don't know. I don't, it's okay to be a to be a villain, but you know, be a villain. It's okay. I, the Jake Gyllenhaal villain, I don't mind. He's fine. So let's talk it's about the characters. All these other... We're pretty much talking about Mysterio right we now. Are let's talk about, about the characters. Let's talk about yeah. all of them. What do you what do you give the characters yeah. in this movie? I give the characters a, a four as well. I really like all the returning characters from Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, Aunt May gets a little bit more screen time in this. Um, although she seems a little bit less, uh, or a little bit more kind of flaky, I guess. Um, thank God she put Peter's suit in his suitcase though, cause that's important. Plus a banana, which is definitely going to get him stopped by security when he goes through. <laughs> I like that. Um, but, because um, he's the because yeah, he's I the mean, black spider monkey or whatever they said. <laughs> he's the black monkey. The black monkey. Yeah, yeah. he's a spider monkey because uh, he has a totally different suit. Well, he's in Europe, so because he doesn't want people to think that he is actually Spider Man, which MJ does. Yeah, they got to sell toys. On, I great. mean, you know, I yeah. mean, camouflage like, appearance I, or whatever. Yeah, I like. I love MJ's character. I like that she's so uh, sallow and. You know, the things that she loves, the fact that, you know, he wants to give her a present and he makes it a black dahlia made of glass from Venetian like glass. The from murder. The <laughs> like the murder. Yeah. <laughs> like the murder. It's like, you know, and but it's it's cute and charming. She doesn't come off as like annoyed goth. She just comes off as this is who I am. And, and she even says at one point that she's um, like honest to a fault or whatever it is. And, and I think she, she takes it one step further than honest to a fault. She wants to be honest to dig in a little bit, kind of irritate a little bit. And I like that. Um, I like them together. Uh, Ned is a great foil for him. A uh, great side wingman, uh, his girlfriend. She's fine. She seems to play along pretty well. Um, that whole crew, the kid who's always doing the, the Facebook lives or whatever he's doing. I feel so sad for him because the only, we see him just, you know, apparently he's very well off, but he's annoying. His it's parents a, it's okay for could him give him. a crap about him. You know, he's, he, he's, uh, at one point when Peter's in the very early on when he first finds Edith, he can look and see what everybody's doing on their screens when they're on the bus riding through the countryside. And he sees that the one teacher is worried about witchcraft because that's what he thinks was happening. And JP smooths. Yeah. (laughs) And then he looks to see it that the other kid who's always doing the Facebook stuff. And it's basically a message to his mom saying, I haven't heard from you and dad in, in a long time. Are you guys okay? And then when the end comes and he gets to the airport and everybody's there waiting for them to come back to the United States, 
he's got like a car driver there waiting for him with his last name on a sign like you would see at you know any big airport and oh mom couldn't make it you know i feel like i feel bad for this character he's hardly anything in the movie but i do feel you know in the I comics feel he's supposed to be a bigger thing uh, later on so oh, i wonder okay. if they'll use All him right. that way but yeah i think they might be maybe they might be i mean everything leads here yeah, every, I think a lot. I think they were doing a lot of that in this movie because, I mean, this really is the jumping-off point. I think for the next um, phase of the MCU. So, um, I think there's probably a lot of. I mean, and especially toward the end and the post-credit scenes, you find that there's a lot of that going on. So the characters are good. I really like. I think Jake Gyllenhaal did a really great job at his character. Uh, I was confused about whether he was like something out of Gladiator or like a pre-Stark Stark kind of situation or what his outfit was, but um, <laughs> it was, it was interesting. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, and we get to see happy again and you know, yes. I know that you're always, you're always glad happy when that Hogan. happens. So. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to land on a four five just a tick above. And what I learned from, cause I had never seen homecoming before watching this. I watched him in the same day for the first time. Uh, and MJ is my favorite female character in the MCU. She is awesome. I love her. Love, yeah, love, she's love. Good. She is incredibly. I don't think she has one. Every character has something that pisses me off. I, nothing pisses me off about her. When she, when you, no, when and you, nothing she says is a throwaway. Everything she says is like super good, super important. Her timing you know. is excellent. And when you, and yeah. and when you, and just when you think it's going to be too much, she, she, every once in a while will show a little bit of that like fumbling vulnerability that you need to have in like a fifteen year old teenage girl. She's yeah. she's perfect. She's re- like she's, she's the closest she thing to the to a perfect like she's one of my favorite characters in all of the MCU now. She's excellent. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't realize they need to that sign I Zendaya on for a long time. So they don't use her in the other ones either, like the um the ones that Spider Man's in, but it's not a Spider Man movie, like like Civil War. Right. And, and now I'm well, upset. maybe they need to. Well, I hope she becomes a thing. I hope she becomes like a Spider Gwen kind of thing. Like I hope she, yeah. I hope she gets to, gets to do some stuff in the future because she is too good of a character to waste. She and her and yeah. Zendaya is excellent. Um, yeah, Tom Holland always good. Uh, I like him and always, always good. Probably yep. the best Spider Man. At least the best Peter Parker and probably the best Spider Man too. And I love our and I love our villain. I've already talked about it a little bit. I don't need to gush too much. But Jake Gyllenhaal is an actor I love, and I think uh, he is a strong. He's a strong bridge villain, uh, like end of an era, bringing and opening up new new ideas kind of villain. Um, so I think he's good there. Uh, I like our other high school characters for the bits they have to do. I guess the only complaint and why it wouldn't be a five is our our Nick Fury and Maria Hill and I guess the other Shield former Shield people are kind of underused a little bit. Um, oh, I can't forget Happy Hogan, always excellent. Love his little scenes. <laughs> Uh, I like his little <laughs> romance going on with the uh, Aunt, Aunt May. I, do, yeah. I like that. I, I really like everything the characters are and what they're doing in this movie. Safe, uh, you know, to a, a slight complaint for Nick Fury and Marie Hill, although that's kind of forgiven forgiven by the end credits. Um, so yeah, four or five there. Well, and I also, you know, what I, I don't like how the teachers are portrayed. Honestly, I don't. I mean, you don't I like, like JB Smoove and Martin Starr. Next- you don't like their two. Uh, bumbling uh you know chaperones you know, none of you guys neither one of you boys ever went to europe with school but i know there were kids that do, did and all i could think of is i wouldn't want either one of these jokers taking my children to europe or even to possibly like you know i don't know philadelphia or boston just no they were just bumbling idiots <laughs> It was just, it was too much. And they were both so psychologically impaired. I don't like that. I don't like that thought that that's what they're... Yeah, I thought it was pretty accurate, but... Um... <laughs> You're closer to that than I am, so... It's I mean, a little, I mean, they're a little more exaggerated than your average chaperone, whatever, but like, eh, to a degree. Mr. Chancelito, I mean, that's... <laughs> I don't don't discourage. He's he was one of my favorite teachers in high school, and I didn't... well, I know, but I'm just saying, was he that much of a dip? I I can't imagine that. So I guess he is kind of like Martin Starr's character to a degree, but they're not <laughs> that bad. They're just you know they're not they're in over their they don't understand all the you know big crazy superhero stuff that's going on behind them basically. Right. So we're we're getting close here to like the. Uh, like the second half crazy weirdness that I I like. Um, Beck is an advanced projector. Is that the right word? Like he creates like these illusions with uh, technology, like old Stark technology that he made. 
um, to cr- and right. they're used by a bunch of these, like an army of flying drones. And that's how he was able to create the elementals. Right. That's how he's able to create his suit. That's how he really creates yep. all of the stuff. Um, it's a little wonky here because I don't understand. How- all right, so they're holograms. Do they actually cause destruction when they hit things? Because well, they, they would had have to, have to. Because, yeah, that's... But they they also said that the, the other people that were involved were people who... Um, basically, it was stuff... It was, like, timed explosions and, you know, everything was a timed this and, a you know, something... It was all very convoluted and it wasn't, you know, really the drone activity that was causing these things. It was other things in conjunction with that. Uh, okay. I see. I uh, missed that. That's a, a lot. I didn't quite fully I understand mean, all that because I was like, these are just projections, right? Like, they aren't... Are, or are they not? No, but they're real. I mean, yeah, the, buildings got destroyed and... and right. To, yeah. to, to a degree, they have to be real. And then we learn Beck isn't actually there in the suit when he's fighting. It's a projection him doing it. Um, so that, right. that helps kind of alleviate some of that. Like, well, why is Beck never worried about getting hurt if these things can actually hurt? Well, he's not really there. He's controlling it from, you know, from afar. So that's kind of what we learned about him. MJ figures out uh, Peter is Spider-Man and... Uh, you know, with a bunch of right. this, you know, her logical reasoning, which of course makes sense because she's MJ and she's very smart. And uh, uh, they find one of this is, and then the two of them learn that Beck is using these projectors because they find a piece of one uh, from one of right. The, MJ finds a piece that has been like hit off of it during battle stuff, which makes it real. Right. So. <laughs> and then so part so Peter uh, gets called to go meet with F- Nick Fury to discuss like Beck. And when he goes there, the whole thing is a Beck illusion. And I love these scenes. They're so cool. And, like, the time is moving. It's very Doctor Strange-like. But what was wrong with Doctor Strange is it was too much. This feels like just the right amount. Like, just the... So this reminds me of... I know that you've watched... I don't know if you've watched all the X-Files now. But do you remember the the scene? I think it was in Season 5 of First Person Shooter. When, I don't know them, the, all the episodes by name. Okay. Uh, well, they go, Mulder and Scully, or Mulder particularly goes into a first-person shooter game, and everything is like this. And it very much reminds me of that, because there's, nothing is actually real. It's all just, you know, it's it's all casted, and, you know, this was a lot for me, actually, visually to take in. Uh, if the whole movie had been like this, like like you really like I wouldn't. I don't think I would have bought into it as much because it's just a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, continue um, on with that. Talking about the visual and sound because this is really the two big visual and sound points of the movie, other than the soundtrack, which I know you are always invested in, is this yes. like the the projectors and I guess the big fights yes. with the elementals. Those are kind of the big visual moments. But yeah, talk yeah. about your visual and sound grade. Yeah, I think uh, visual and sound. I'm, I mean, it sounds like I'm a four across on this movie because I think it's a four as well. I don't think that the when they're fighting with the elementals that it feels fully fleshed out to me um they seemed weird like and and i you know looking back i guess we're supposed to kind of question that a little bit um but it just seemed really they didn't seem fully fleshed out like if i were to watch it in 3d maybe it wouldn't even seem at all real to me um i saw it in 3d it It was i have a feeling we saw it similarly uh by the, by the okay. way you're describing Did it. Did you feel that same feeling? Sort of like that wasn't... But when they get into this other part where it does... Where there's, you know, matrices and... Uh, um, that that was fairly brilliant, I thought. Um, so that, that makes up for the other piece. The fights are uninspired, is how I would consider them. Um, yeah. Because, but yeah. maybe it's also because we're coming off, you know, the most epic fight in superhero history, superhero movie history. Um, but still, like, yeah. they're just kind of... They're, I mean, no, they're not kind of. They're they're really blah. Um, but yeah, I feel they're like, super generic. But I feel like and, having the projector yeah. thing, it's it's more of a bug and not a feature. Like, oh, we meant for it to not look that good because they're projectors, and that's you know. But then we make up for it because we have these really cool hallway sequences, and you can't tell what's real, and and he's fighting. Right. You know, I I feel like that's a cop out. I feel like the fight scenes just still look good, and the action in this movie is nothing i mean for an mcu movie if i'm holding it up to that standard it's you know it's below average if i if i'm being honest but it, it makes up for it for me with those with those uh reality bending stuff when quentin's tricking peter yeah. in like one-on-one fights um i think it's supposed to and i think that i i prefer my preferences for the original mcu kind of stuff where there's a lot of action um there's not that in this movie and when they do it like you said when they do the fight scenes and things it's just not up to the caliber that i'm used to and this other piece is great 
and and I don't and also maybe I don't like being fooled that much. So I don't like that this is happening and I'm being tricked constantly by it. And you don't like being fooled. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't like being tricked. I, I you know I don't trust the I don't trust Kevin Feige and and Marvel anyway. So when they start doing these things in the middle of a movie, I'm like I really don't trust you at all. Well, we don't know now. So, we don't know what's been real in the past 22 movies. Now that this is an option. Well, <laughs> That's true, and when we get to the post credit scene, you really don't know what's going on. Oh, real, yeah, so. yeah, now there's um, big questions if we get to the final right, one. Right, I know, like, wait a minute, yeah, so, so I don't, you know, that's what, and the sound is always, I find the sound in these movies is always, you know, top notch, and you, you're right, I'm a soundtrack uh, nerd, and the, the fact that they play the Go-Go's at the very end is is a bonus for me so i like it yeah i'm gonna land on it sounds like we're pretty close here across the board i have a four here pretty much everything you said about the visuals fights uninspired uh mind-bending scenes i like it sounds like i liked more than you um really really good but they're really for me heavily offset by those fights because those are just not there's not even that last one it, it's not i'm not i'm just not right. into it at all um so they really like the kind of. It doesn't feel like a fight for some. I don't know that I buy it as a fight. Maybe that's because well, it is. It just kind of feels like a lot of swinging of Spider-Man. And I feel like the stakes. And he's fighting are, drones. The stakes are supposed to be. Well, we're worried about Happy Hogan and 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 our crew of high schoolers because he's trying to keep the them kids. safe. But I mean, it's like four main characters. They're not going to get rid of all of them. So I'm never, I'm never <sighs> really worried. And I'm like, well, are they going to kill any one of them? Well, I mean, I guess if you didn't know, maybe they kill the the rich kid. But they're not. I mean, oh, maybe the girlfriend. I guess if you're going to kill anyone, the girlfriend of Ned, maybe you kill her. Okay, they're not killing anyone in a Spider-Man movie. Well, that's, they're just I not. guess that's my whole problem is that that's what the tension's supposed to be in that scene. Because we know that the big fight is yeah. a nothing. And we know that Peter's, like, kind of, you know, coming up to get back. And we, I mean, we just know. We know what's going to happen here. And, and because yeah, the visuals yeah, yeah. aren't impressive... It really that I mean that alone is like a two five or like a like a two, but then the the hallway right. bending stuff is like a five. Like it's it's great, it's excellent. Right. Um, and yeah. then uh, music wise, you know, I think it's pretty pretty solid. Um, I like I like a lot of the music they use here. Nothing that blows me away or like I really love. Like oh, I love that song Deep Pool. Right. That's just a personal personal preference though. I think so. I think a four is a fair place to land for me as well. Yeah. Uh, and so we are at the big thing here. Um, the, the air monster is fighting. Happy Hogan is trying to save the other kids. Uh, I guess we get a brief scene before, mm. and this is the only scene I cried at. This is, this is the one you thought I would cry at. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, which one is that? Before the big end battle on Hogan and, and Spider-Man. Re-Anne. Oh, are you talking about when, when Spider-Man and Happy are having the conversation in the plane? Okay, so yeah, they're, no? they're talking about about Tony, and it's around here. Where right. Like I miss him, I miss him too. Oh, okay. And then Tony, or not Tony? I see. Look at that. Uh, Peter goes into the um, the back of the plane, and he's designing his own little stuff, uh, and, suit, he's, yeah. and he's using the same little uh, 3D uh, blueprint maps that Tony used to use, and moving around with his hands and adjusting stuff and changing stuff. And then you get a little glimpse of Happy, right. and he and he kind of smiles at him. And then you get like the the, right. the old MCU music play, and that's where I start to tear up. I'm right. like, oh, it's like, he's like he's, <laughs> it's like his little Iron Man. Like, I'm, oh, I'm, yeah, that was emotional. I didn't cry, but I was, I got it, and I appreciate. I didn't full blown you know, blubber like I did in parts of Endgame and plenty of other movies we reviewed, <laughs> but I, I definitely teared up there. So that was that was my okay. emotional punch. You know, it's got to have Happy Hogan in it. Yeah, uh, he gets up to so after uh, I should say Peter gets taken to the Netherlands by a train that hits him because the illusions he gets tricked by uh, Beck drops him in front of a train. Yeah, he gets... Yeah, he gets hit by a train. That was a big thing. And survives. Yeah, I mean, of course he's gonna... And that's the thing, he's got this ending part save for a few, you know, little comedy bits, emotional bits... It's every every time it's not a really good part. It's a really blah. Let's just kind of let's get let's let's move this along. Yeah, let's, I mean, we know kind of like we know the people are gonna live. We know the monster's gonna right. die. We know Spider Man will beat back, and we know he'll do it by not falling for the hologram in some way because that's how you do it right and beck's you know right. he thinks he's bested beck and he's dying on the ground he's like oh i, I you were right peter uh, tony was right to trust you and then and then peter like yeah, punches no, right not. behind him and and that's the real beck because he was using the little uh right. his little hologram tricks again um and takes takes right. the glasses uh and that was completely predictable that's the thing is like and most of this here at the end is so predictable 
that in a, in a movie yeah. full of some big move like movements and stuff I didn't see coming, the ending right. you just kind of have to be like, all right, we're wrapping up. Let's just let's just get to the next thing. Like the movie's over once. But then I don't trust them. I, I don't trust that that Mysterio's dead. I really don't trust that. So yeah, we see him <laughs> die in quotations, but I right. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't trust that he's dead. I kind of thought we saw Red Skull die back in First Avenger too, but. <laughs> Was that was a little lot. different, though. He he like blipped away. Yeah, that's true. Blip. Yeah, yeah. He he bl- he blipped. But this we see him like die and like lay there motionless. But again, yeah, we don't we don't know. There's a yeah we don't especially know. especially after our first mid credit scene. So this is pretty much the end. Good guys win, bad guys lose. They go back, and MJ and Peter seem to have started a uh, relationship. We have the first mid credit scene. This is the first appearance of a character played by an actor. <laughs> who played that same character in a non-MCU movie. We get J.K. Simmons playing the Daily Bugle columnist, or in reporter, I guess, J. Jonah Jameson, who is from the Spider-Man comics. He's the editor. And yeah. it's kind of like an Infowars kind of thing in this. He's like, he's kind of right. an Alex Jones type, it seems like. Um, and, he's, yeah. and he's like... He's on the side of a building. Yeah, in a big, in, yeah, in a big uh, like New Times Square kind of billboard. Um, he's like the this Spider Man uh, is is a menace, and he attacked Beck. And then they have uh, footage of Beck doing like this kind of contingency plan thing, where he's like, uh, "Spider Man's coming for me." Basically, framing Spider Man for everything, and framing Beck as the good guy, you know, as 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 a villain, a smart villain would do. Um, and well, we kind of saw that coming too, because that one character that was a friend of Beck, I don't even, but from the very first Iron Man movie, he pulled out something out of a computer right before yeah, he they gets all away, disbanded right? at the end of the movie. Yeah, so he gets away, and I think he's the one who supplied the the information to... Yeah, uh, so that's what's supposed uh, to be implied, is that he the, gives it the to... Daily Bugle. Yeah, to the Daily Bugle. Yeah. Alright, so, so that, and then his big final reveal is that uh, Spider-Man is Peter Parker, so his secret identity is now revealed. And Peter Parker's watching this whole thing unravel right there in front of him in right, with, a with Times MJ, Square situation. If I recall, they're together at this point. Yeah, she was, yeah, he was just getting ready to leave, and then this happened, and yeah. So that's the first thing that kind of leads us into the new universe. A, big, a lot of big things there. One, an MCU character from a non-MCU movie playing the same character, like... It's not happened before. This is the first time, and it could. Right. Just, I mean, I just don't believe it's a coincidence. I don't think things like this are coincidence, especially after it was. You know, <sighs> Beck was obviously talking about a multiverse, and he had the elementals, which right. were two big theories going into this movie. Oh, they're going to bring in elementals as the big bad, or oh, there's got to be right. multiverse so the theories. X Men are next, or in the Fantastic Four, or right. this, you know, something like this that. This opens a big up. old door of like, well, what about those other characters and those other universes yeah. and those other people? I'm going to bet more for the X-Men because I think they've they've tried the Fantastic Four twice and each time it was kind of... Well, they'll do X-Men you know. next. They, they got to wait a little bit, I think. I think that'll be like an, an yeah. end of a phase kind of thing. Like, I doubt I right. doubt that'll be in the next couple years because they got to let some time right. breathe between the, the slowly crumbling oh, yeah. X-Men franchise and the really never was good Fantastic Four franchise. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, that they've tried to reboot a couple times. So yeah, and only b- b- yeah. both of them have only really gotten worse. I think since their their best moments. <laughs> um, so I think they're gonna have to give some time. But I think they're setting That's stuff true. up like that. Uh, and then another yeah. post credit scene, which usually these end credits ones are kind of comedic bits. The second one, this right. is yeah. a comedic bit that is also an entirely big deal because we find out that both. Uh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill in this movie were scrolls, and not just any scrolls. They were Talos and Soren right. from Captain Marvel from, Captain from Marvel. you know thirty years yeah. in the timeline before. So they have yeah, forty. Well, and I, I think it's yeah. pretty much implied that they have been Fury and Hill this whole time, at least this whole movie. And uh, right. meanwhile, the real Fury is on a scroll spaceship. Uh, we see a bunch of scrolls walking around in the background. Yep. He's somewhere in space. We don't know exactly know where. And that is how we end. So, so that's a big. He's also barefoot and having a you know a fantastic alcoholic beverage. Yeah, in like fake sandy yeah. beach. Um, so that's a yeah. big deal. What do you think? What What does this say to you about what, what we're what we're going to in phase one of, or I guess phase four of, phase one of part two? Whatever you know, I think the next phase. Well, I think that they really want to make it. Uh, I mean, they really wanted to bring Captain Marvel back into the fold. She didn't really have a whole lot to do in the whole endgame sequence. 
Uh, I mean, she had a big, important part, don't get me wrong, but she didn't have a lot of airtime in that. So they definitely want to bring her back to the forefront of what's coming up in the next phase of the MCU. And and they're never going to let Nick Fury, you know, rest on his laurels or die or anything like that. He's always going to be sort of, he's not the center, but he's a, he's a constant, you know, um, and he seems to be in charge of what's happening with the Avengers these days, saying that they're not available. And whether or not that was Nick Fury or whether that was the scroll, you know. Do you think it, it was the scroll of this whole movie or do you think that they were in there at parts? I do. I do think it, I didn't, you know, I, it took me a while. I was thinking about it. I was talking with your dad about it on the way home. And I do think looking back, cause I was, I was really the whole time going, God, Maria Hill just looks wrong. And, um, it's so funny. You were saying that I thought, because so we get a thing earlier on, Nick Fury says, don't you take her name in vain when talking about Captain Marvel or something like that. Cause he's like Thor yeah, off world, Dr. Strange, unavailable, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then we get, um, yeah, Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel and he's like, don't you say her name kind of thing. And right there, I'm like, huh, Nick Fury's acting weird. Yeah, it's like they're beefing for some reason. And I'm like, wait a minute. But another know. big another big thing is, I th- so I thought, I, at this point, I'm like, Nick Fury, something's up with him. Maybe he's even bad guy. I didn't think he was going to be a scroll. Yeah. Um, but I thought Maria Hill, at some point, was going to pull pull spider-man aside and say something's not right here i don't know i I don't i've known fury for years and that's not him i thought that was gonna happen i thought she was acting weird because she knew that something was up with fury and and beck and i thought that was what we were gonna get with her but no it's much different than that um yeah i'm glad it's different than that only because i didn't really think that fury was that much out of his element with the except for with the exception of the the comment about captain marvel um but i really felt like maria hill was off completely um i'm glad that it was something like the twist that it was uh and that's how they're gonna be you know moving things along in in the mcu that's fine i don't i don't love um scrolls versus Kree. My all space fa- yeah Woo-hoo! yeah it's all space all the time <laughs> uh, i mean i'm gonna have to deal already with asgardians of the galaxy yeah but that'll be fun because and- thor's there that's going to be fun because you got Thor, you know, if we bring Korg back and, you Korg. know. Yeah, the best space the characters, characters are Thor characters, not Guardians characters. Uh, well, with the exception of Rabbit. Well, that's, I mean, my hot, that's my hot take. The Thor, Thor characters are better than Guardians characters. Change my, change my mind. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Right in, change my mind. Um, Thor after Dark World's characters, you mean? Well, I've never seen those first two. Thor. I know that's kind of cheating, but like, I don't care. I don't want to see this. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to think about Thor. At this point. I like Thor and I like Natalie Portman and I don't want to think of them as not awesome. So I don't want to, I don't want to watch yeah, this. Yeah, well, then don't watch. <laughs> then don't yeah. watch Dark World. <laughs> um, don't watch Dark World. I mean, you might not even want to watch Thor. If you already know what Thor is all about, unless you, you know, really need some Loki, I wouldn't, nah, I wouldn't go there. I, I get it. I get Loki, and I don't need to see Anthony Hopkins yeah. sit in a chair. I, I don't need any of that. That is not the problem with those movies. <laughs> okay, whatever. So... Anyway, um, so yeah, so I can deal with that. I just don't know. I'm like, oh, I really, you know, I want to go back. I need some comfort. And they re- they really are ready to move on. You know, the MCU um, are, is ready to move on. And I just need some comfort movies. I need I need a little more Black Panther. Or I need some... Black Panther's uh, not really comforting. Some... Black Panther's like heavy, like social commentary movies. That could be your new Captain America kind of movies, honestly. That's comforting for me. It's completely comforting for me because they're based on on earth and that's that's my comfort zone so i find i find them very comforting and having said that i am looking forward to asgardian pieces um as long as you know hulk is not visiting so he'll cameo Um, as dr hulk somewhere but so i guess as a as back to spider-man if you had to give it a resonance we i I tried to do the mcu talk so we wouldn't go off such a tangent but we kind of had to talk a little bit about it i know but we we did good so the resonance and feel for this movie what do you think a four Uh, (laughs) (laughs) huh i think i want to go with you know i'm gonna give it a 4.5 only because i walked into this movie thinking homecoming and even even after watching um spider-verse i was all like okay i'm ready for a big old spider-man movie just like spider-man movie and then when the first scene starts and literally i'm just crying before just when the song comes on i don't even know that they're going to show the dead people and then they show all the dead people from the mcu and and they include cap and then i was like f you marvel 
in a big way. Let him and, rest. And I'm thinking, He's done. I am not not just yeah. I mean, it was it was that, but it was. No, I'm also telling all you, let him rest. Said, He's done. He's dead. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant no, but it's not even. It wasn't just Cap. I mean, Cap was the icing on it. It was. I was crying before that because I was like. I'm going to miss these guys so much. And thanks for starting this movie. I was not coming in thinking about that at all. I was just coming in and wanting to watch, you know, Spidey Sense or Peter Tingle, which we didn't talk <laughs> about Tingle, at all. Peter Tingle, that's not bad. Um, I really don't like Peter Tingle. Um, <laughs> I think it's pretty I funny. That's, I don't like, yeah, I like it about as much as Peter does. But I just, I, I'm mad that they did that in the beginning, but it's going to resonate with me for a while. And also just that crazy Tron kind of, sequence in that in the second act that's gonna sit with me and also sadly are the millions of drones that <laughs> i i just keep seeing them over and over and they're just that's that was the worst part for me so, so i think we gave this yeah. almost identical as we're because i'm also gonna give it i'm gonna give it a four here so i think we basically gave everything okay. three fours and one four five each um it's an mcu movie that sounds almost exactly like an mcu movie grading um you know, slightly. Yeah. Up. Characters usually get a little higher for me, though. But yeah, you know, yeah for you. Right. I mean, I guess I'm 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 usually harsher. Uh, this is a top half MCU movie f- for me. Um, yeah. It's a good jumping off point. It's proof that they're not done. They have ideas still. They're still operating at the highest efficiency possible. And I don't think they're going to produce anything from great movies on at least for the next couple phases. Um, I'm confident, and that's kind of what this movie had to do. And like. It had to prove that after big people move on that you can still make really good movies. And I think they're putting pieces again to do that. They have the right people to do it. And uh, yeah, so it, nothing that blew me away, which it, how could you after Endgame? Um, but nothing yeah. really detrimental. Everything was a positive move, a neutral or positive move for me here. So it's a four five or sorry, not yeah. four five. It's a four. It's not quite a four five. It's a four for resonance and feel. Um, I didn't cry enough. I need to cry more for it to be higher than that because um, <laughs> I can cry. So, but uh, oh no, yeah. and I, I have a feeling we're on the same page here. But Mama K, would you recommend Spider Man Far From Home? I would recommend Spider Man Far From Home. I just want to warn people about the very beginning. <laughs> and I'm also gonna, I'm also gonna recommend Spider Man Far From Home. A solid one. It's 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 a uh, you know above average MCU. Um, I think I I and I, not as good as Homecoming, I guess for me. Did you like this or Homecoming more? I think I like Homecoming more because, but I'm I'm an Origins, you know, kind of girl. So. I love the Vulture. Even though it's not the exactly is a very sympathetic villain. <laughs> or are you gonna tell me the Vulture is some evil, <laughs> terrible person like Thanos is? Because you seem to think all the villains yeah, that I like are, are, ex- are horrible, evil people. They're villains. I but mean, a good villain you can yeah. sympathize with. No, I don't sympathize with sociopaths. Ever, what about Killmonger? People like Killmonger. Yeah, but I I can't sympathize with him. He's he's. He's a sociopath as well. I can't. I got problems with Killmonger too. There's a but... reason that they're villains. All right. Well, I guess you can't look past their their uh, their tragic downfall. They can be strong characters, but they can be strong characters, but I can't empathize with them. So you got to empathize with the with the not with the non empathetic. So yeah, no, there's something wrong with that. <laughs> so the two recommends, uh, pretty solid that. recommends for Spider-Man: Far From Home. MCU people have already yeah. seen it at least once, uh, and if you're a casual goer, if you like any Spider-Man movies, um, it helps to see the other ones, especially for the wonky stuff. But if you kind of push past that, there's some good high school stuff going on. There's some good sci-fi stuff going on. I think it's a pretty universal movie that anyone could go watch. So uh, go check it out yeah. while it's in theaters. It's uh, doing well at the box office. People thought, oh, now that Endgame's happened. There's going to be a big superhero slump. Mm, no, it doesn't seem like that. It's it's already made about $400 million no. in less than a week. So I think the MCU is going to be doing just just fine monetarily going forward. I think they're okay. I think they're going to survive. Yeah, think, <laughs> I'm not really worried about them so much. I'm not going to start a GoFundMe page for them yet. <laughs> not, yeah, not yet. Uh, so... Not After yet. Yeah, MCU movie number five thousand, if we're still alive, like they're they're gonna go for literally <laughs> ever. Um, so uh, that's Spider Man Far From Home coming up. We've got uh, Midsummer this week. Uh, Just Nicole and I will be doing that. Uh, I've got uh, another bonus episode coming up. I'll talk about that probably a little bit later. We've got uh, Lion King. We've got Stuber. We've got uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the new Quentin Tarantino movie. And probably a couple of streaming reviews in there, as well as the winner of the Films with Women in My Life tournament. The winner, Mama K, do you know who the winner was? I don't, but I'm hoping... 
And I think it's the person you're hoping for. If you haven't seen it on my Instagram already, the winner yeah. of our Films with Women of My Life tournament with 32 female directors, it is Sofia Coppola. So wow. we will be doing one of her movies and dropping that in a couple weeks. Um, All right. So, yeah, I, I think there's a couple good choices for her. We'll try to find one on streaming, but I think there's one Sofia Coppola movie that's the big one. And uh, I'd like <laughs> to do that, but we'll we'll see what the other. Yeah, I'd like think. to do that, too. We'll see what the other co-hosts think. Um, since okay. Mama K is a Sofia Coppola fan, I think she'll be on for that one and then probably one other co-host. So that'll be coming up. Um, but uh, I guess in the meantime, everyone... Uh, Films with the Women in My Life on Facebook if you want to reach out to us. And if you want to reach out to me uh, individually, I am Brennan underscore pod host on Instagram. Uh, Mama K, thank you for being on for Spider-Man. Yeah, thanks. That was fun. And until next time, everyone, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a review as it helps more people find the show. Like us on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life. Follow us on Twitter at Films Women Pod. And check out our website, filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. That's filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and